ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, September 22nd, and your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone line. We open those up for you at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite Holt True Great Taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We've got some Doc Holiday action for you today. Yeah, that's right. Doc Holiday on the Zoom conference call yet again. Uh, I think he's really loving this. He gets to see us for a few short minutes. He can just stroll out of his office, sit down at the computer, look at us, maybe not look at us. I, I don't know. I don't know what he's actually looking at when he's talking to us. He can hear us, but he might have a screensaver or something else up. I don't know. But we've got that coming up for you later today. And, of course, We'll get your phone calls in. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. So you can find me social media-wise there. And we also have Facebook for you, The Drive with Paul Swan. We post the podcast on all the social media channels every day. If you don't have a chance to listen to the show live, and if you don't, you can always find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcast is where you're going to find today and almost every day's episode of The Drive for your listening pleasure and your convenience. Uh, numbers are pretty good. We, we've got people from Canada tuning in. Uh, shout out to Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. How you folks doing up there? And everyone that's a herd fan, a new herd fan from Canada, we appreciate you being a part of the program. And we got a lot to get into today. A lot of positive happening for the Thundering Herd. We're going to break all that down for you. And we're going to hear from Doc Holliday, get his thoughts. Uh, I think uh, we probably need to talk first, though, about what's not happening. And that's Notre Dame postponing their game against Wake Forest because of some COVID-19 cases that popped up. So testing continues, and you'll hear Doc Holliday talk about this later on, about the fact that we just don't know what the schedule is going to look like. The schedule that Marshall has right now, the one that you have printed, you have it. You are living week by week based on that schedule. It, it could change. I mean, Marshall could maybe come up with an opponent for October 3rd. That's still a possibility. It's not without saying it could happen. We don't know if it's going to happen, but it's going to have to happen sooner than later. Give Marshall proper time, ample time to prepare for that game. Of course, the off week is coming up and then heard scheduled for a game against Rice. That was postponed. So the next game, unless this game is found, is going to be on October 10th against Western Kentucky. And to be honest with you, I don't know if the herd's going to be able to find anyone because these schedules are so fluid. And we're getting to that point now where conferences are, well, they're getting into their conference portion of their modified schedule. Maybe there's some opportunity out there. I don't know. I mean, the Mid-American Conference, of course, isn't starting back up, but you got the Big Ten. They're going to be starting back up soon, and, and that's going to squeeze a, a lot of TV real estate uh, away from the other schools that have been enjoying it for the last few weeks. The SEC, of course, we've got that happening. Big matchup between the Kentucky Wildcats and the 
Auburn Tigers, and that's going to happen this Saturday. We'll have that matchup for you over on a pair of our sister stations, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340, and 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. So depending on where you're at in the tri-state, choose your station correctly, and you can listen to the Wildcats on Saturday. Of course, as I mentioned, the herd's off, so we don't have a herd game for you. I wish we did. The way herd's been playing, Get Grant Wells right back out there. Get Tavante Beckett right back out there. Get Brendan Knox right back out there. Get them all out there. Because if they can't find a game, we're going to go three weeks until another game is played. And I know the columnist, the Herald-Dispatch, Chuck Landon, wrote his column about not playing games and how that might impact the ranking, and I haven't read it all just yet. I glanced at it, but yeah, that's um that's something to keep in mind because the great thing about what happened with Marshall was Marshall was on CBS and got to see national audience. And that's the thing. You're on national TV, everyone can see you, the sports writers that are are voting, the media members that are voting, the coaches that are voting. Now the coaches not so much unless you had an off week. But the media members, they're all watching the games. If you have an AP vote, you're pretty much going to be watching a lot of college football when you're not covering the game that you are covering. So if you're an AP voter, of course, you've got a beat usually, and you're trying to watch as many games behind the scenes as possible. You've got your laptop up. You're watching games maybe ahead of the game you're covering. You know, you're trying to watch some late-night games. You're trying to get all the recaps so you can vote appropriately and you see everything that happened. But, yeah, there's a national audience for Marshall. And now you got to wait three weeks. People might forget about you in that span. I mean, you'll still receive votes, but there could be something come along that excites people between now and then. Oh, hey, I'm going to vote for that team. So many possibilities here, and we've got so much to get into. But the Doc Holiday is coming up, and then later on we're going to talk about Devontae Beckett. Some good news coming out for him today. Start racking up those awards. You get Defensive Player of the Week in Conference USA, and then another award comes your way today. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to hear from Doc Holliday. Uh, we've got the WVSSAC rankings out. Uh, let me give you a hint. Martinsburg's not number one. That's your That's your hint. Things are different at the top. Martinsburg's not number one. What? You say? Martinsburg's not number one? Right. Uh, Let me give you another hint. Spring Valley's not number one either. That's it. That's the preview I'm giving you. you got to stick around for the rest. Yeah, Spring Valley's not number one. Martinsburg's not number one. What? Wasn't that the game of the week? Wasn't that the game that mattered in the state of West Virginia, and yet Spring Valley's not number one? Oh... The points, the metrics, the points. We'll get into that later on the program as well. But when we come back from break, we're going to first talk about Doc Holliday. We've got his press conference, his comments. Also, we've got Tavante Beckett. What he do? Well, he had an amazing game on Saturday. So what'd that get him? Well, already got him an award from Conference USA. And now... He got some more notoriety and some more honors come his way. We'll get into all of that and more when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Still to come, we have the AAA, single A, and the AA class rankings. West Virginia High School football, and my only tease to you is Spring Valley's not number one. Shocking there, right? Well, if you'd done the math, you knew better. We're going to get into that. And, of course, big award today for Devontae Beckett, Marshall's Superman, 16 tackles, force fumble. How many solos did he have? Was it eight? I believe eight solos. He had a great game. We'll talk about what happened for him today. And, of course, your phone calls on the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Of course, today is Tuesday. That means several things. Uh, it could mean tacos. I mean, we everyone loves tacos. Taco Tuesday, that's a, that's a big deal around these parts. But it also means Doc Holiday, and that's right. Doc Holiday gives a chance to uh, speak to the media, give his thoughts on what he saw, the game, look ahead. Of course, we don't have a game to look ahead to. Instead, uh, we're trying to find a replacement. Rice is not happening here anytime soon, so that means Marshall has several weeks before their next scheduled game unless Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick can find a replacement. He's looking. He's trying to work something out. He's going to try to find a game. Hopefully, we'll find out sooner than later. Doc addresses that in today's press conference, but as we always do, which is tradition, Doc Holliday leads off with his opening statement, pretty much setting the table for the week ahead and sort of taking care of some final business with that Appalachian State game. Here's Doc's opening statement from earlier this afternoon. I felt going in that game, playing the caliber team that we were playing, that uh, we had to be the best team on the field that day in all three phases. I think after watching the tape, it was pretty evident that we were. You know, I felt offensively. That up, those guys up front just did a tremendous job of getting in. Had zero sacks and you know protected the quarterback well. Ran for over 228 plus yards, whatever that was. And and then Grant, I thought as a young player to go out and have a little adversity there early on in that type of game, came back and and played really well. So just proud of the offense, uh, the way they played uh, defensively. With, you know, Brad and JC and those guys just did such a tremendous job. That team had rushed for over 200 and some yards per game for like almost six straight years, exception of once or twice. And to hold those guys to, you know, less than hundred yards rushing. I felt going in, that's where it started. You know, they'd average like 200 plus yards per game for almost six years. And if you can stop the run, you got a shot. And I thought our guy did a job of, of uh, for the most part, uh, getting those receivers covered as well. And then special teams, we just dominated the entire special team part of it. So. Anytime you can play as a team like that, uh, you got a shot at, at beating uh, anybody you line up and play. So we got to work hard. You know, it's kind of an unusual deal right now where, you know, I've called all over the country and there's not a whole, there's not a blueprint for what the hell you do for three weeks before you play again. You know, it's just, it's tough. You know, we've had two games in almost seven weeks. And uh, you know, by the time we line up against Western Kentucky, so we're trying to, you know, do the best job we can of keeping our guys you know, fresh at the same time, keeping them sharp and physical, you know, the physical conditioning part of it and all that. So we think we got a great plan. Uh, you know, we'll start back tomorrow and uh, start to work that plan and keep these guys going in the right direction. I like this team a lot. I like the leadership on it. You know, I like to think the players are taking ownership in the team and uh, it needs to continue. 
two and zero. You're in the top twenty five. You've done everything that's been asked of you. You've been at it for a long time. Doc has really spoken high about this team. He likes this team, and I'm sure that inside it's killing him. Can't go back and just play another game, and that's a big concern right now because Rice is not going to happen. That's going to be postponed. It might not be rescheduled at all, but you have a hole in the schedule now. You're going to have to wait till October 10th to play Western Kentucky. You'd like to get back on the field sooner than later. Having one week off is one thing. Having two weeks off, that's a little different. You won't be able to play a football game for three weeks. And really, I'm not saying you have two weeks off and then you play a foot. You have three weeks off because they're going to do everything that they normally do anyway. They're going to practice. They're going to study film. They're going to do coaching with drill, all that stuff. And so the big question now is, is there a game? Do you have somebody on on the short list? What's going on right now? How are you at finding a game to replace Doc? I mean, to, to place Rice? So here's Doc asking or answering that question, actually, uh, on the efforts to replace that Rice game. Every time something pops up, somebody's playing, we sure give them a call. So, you know, that, that being said, you know, I'd love to have a game on the third. You know, I just because I'm concerned about the three week. You know, prior to playing, you know, uh, Western Kentucky. So I'd love to get one. You know, just things change every day, Keith. You know, I mean, there's going to be some games canceled this weekend, probably before it's all said and done. And uh, so, you know, hopefully get we can find out something soon enough where we could get it turned around to where we could play on on uh, the 26th if that happens. But uh, right now we're just preparing like we don't have a game, and then hopefully if one pops up, then quickly go in a different direction. Okay, so you heard that. Doc wants to play in the third, but they'll take a game on the 26th if they can get it. So don't be surprised if something pops up here in the next day or two. That would give Marshall ample time to get ready for an opponent. Of course, you're going to have to scramble to do your scout and everything that is involved. But at the same time, this is such a weird season. You're going to be scrambling no matter what the opponent is on the schedule. You're going to be scrambling. So that's Doc trying to get a game. They would love to play. They want to keep this momentum going and just keep the reps going, keep this team on the field. So with that said, Doc has talked about, you know, we're going to try to keep everybody, you know, keep their minds right. We're going to keep everyone doing what they need to do. And one question that was asked of Doc was just how long can you use the win over Appalachian State, over a ranked opponent, a big-time game, to keep your team focused and energized? We're assuming we're going to have a three-week hiatus before game, so how long can you use that victory over Appalachian State to keep this team on the right track? Well, I think, I think you know, and I've said, I've said many times, and I think the critical thing right now is the leadership is so important on this football team, you know, and how important this team is to our players and all those things. And, you know, when you're getting involved in situations like we're, like we're involved in right now with the time period and all that, I mean, you know, we did, and we're dealing with the virus. We're, de- we're just dealing with so many things right now that, you know, you, what you'd like to be able to do is tell these kids to go home for the weekend or three or four days and come back and we'll start over, you know, but you can't do that. I mean, you just, you can't do that. And then one day they have to quarantine for 13 or 14 days when they get back. And so it's, it's, it's a tough situation, you know, but that being said, I think you got, I think the leadership on this team will 
have to take this team over. And, uh, you know, these guys have one goal, you know, and that goal is to, you know, continue to get better as a team. And uh, so we got to do whatever it takes to get that done. That's the focus. Play game, get these kids back on the field. And so Doc now, he's not just the head coach. He's not the guys just worrying about X's and O's and and what the game strategy is going to be. He's out there. He's trying to take care of this team, not just physically, which yeah, yeah, you see happen all the time anyway. That's just part of it. But he's also trying to take care of this team mentally. It's not just one or the other. It's both right now. For Doc Holliday, he expands on that. I think, I think the mental part of it is part of it, but I think also the physical part. I mean, you know, to, to, to play football, you got to play the game. I mean, you've got to block and tackle and – there was a fine line there of how much, you know, as far as the physical part of it, you actually do. But, you know, I think I mentioned before, you saw that first Navy-BYU game. I mean, if you don't play the game and practice and go out and play the game of football the way it's supposed to get played, you, you're not going to get it on Saturdays. You know, so it is a fine line of of keeping them fresh, you know, the mental part of it as well as the physical part of it and uh, and continuing to play the game the way you're supposed to get play the game so you can actually get on Saturdays and, and get the results you want. Now, another question that was asked of Doc, and we've heard Doc talk about this before. When the game was coming up with Appalachian State, the questions were about playing a top-ranked team. Are you going to go out there? You sort of have a chip on your shoulder. Are you feeling like you're you're sort of a giant killer? You've got a big opportunity here. And Doc's talked about taking advantage of those opportunities, and he talks about it again when he was asked about that same thought process he got the opportunity to take his team out on national TV, play a game, but it means more than just having the opportunity. You have to take advantage of those opportunities. Well, that's that's what opportunities are all about. I mean, there's a lot of people get opportunities, you know, to have a, you know, whatever that opportunity is, it's special, and that was one of them for us. But the critical thing is you take that opportunity and you make the best of it, which is what our team did. And, and you know what, I guess keep looking, you know, now if you think about it, I mean, you know, we got the same type of opportunity for the kind of season we're going to have. You know, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out there. There's, you know, the sky's the limit possibly for this football team and the way they're playing. And, you know, they got to understand what that opportunity is, but they also have to understand in order to, you know, take advantage of that opportunity down the road, we got to take care of business now. I mean, for the next two to three weeks, whatever we have, you know, we got to go to work every day and get better or we're going to lose the opportunity we have. And that's probably, it's a, it's a great message that I'm going to have to give this football team and, and they're going to have to, you know, relay it to the rest of their teammates and uh, make sure that happens because, you know, opportunities are one thing, but taking advantage of them is something else. And anytime you can do it on a national stage, like you just mentioned, in front of all those people, and what a great time slot and what a great opponent. And uh, there's been a lot of positive things happen. I think not only not only for our football team, but our community, our school, and state of West Virginia because of it. One question that was a little bit away from the game itself, a little bit more specific, was about Sheldon Evans. And Doc talked about Sheldon. He's a guy that he's a leader on this team. He doesn't have to have the gaudy numbers. He doesn't have to have necessarily the best game on the field. But at the same time, you want him on the field because he gives you so much more. And Doc talked a lot about what Sheldon Evans brings to this team. No question. He's he's one of the, you know, he's one of the best captains I've ever had. I mean, and and he's you know, the thing you don't notice about him is he, he played on every punt snap, he played on every kickoff return snap, 
He played on every pump block snap. You know, you, people don't see him out there on the pump block team. They don't see him on the, he had two tremendous kickoff returns. You know, one of them called back that shouldn't have been. And then you see him on the uh, punt team as well, you know, doing a great job on that punt team, covering punts. And those are things that he does that, that aren't noticed, but you let our team, his teammates notice that. You know, not only does he go in there and carry the ball, and he got, he got the first down, the critical third down on that one pass where he danced down the sideline. And just so many things that he does well, and it's because he goes every day to practice and prepares, you know, for that moment when it comes. And we call it competitive excellence. And he's, when his number's called, he normally makes something really good happen. Sheldon Evans, definitely one of the leaders in the locker room. Now, one thing that we talked about a lot on Saturday in the postgame, one thing that we talked about yesterday was just Marshall's defense. And we're going to talk about Devontae Beckett later. But another guy you need to talk about is Brandon Drayton. He was a guy that I think was the unsung hero of the game, even though he got enough attention. I still think he could get some more. And you look at what Tevante Beckett did. His performance was amazing. But are we talking about Tevante as much if we weren't talking about what Brandon Drayton did? Just peanut punch. I mean, it made national highlights. There was even a seg, wasn't on Sports Center, the uh, peanut punch of the week. I thought I saw that vignette. And Brandon goes and just keeps with the play and prevents a touchdown. And Doc was asked about that. If that play, the way that Brandon executed and just didn't give up on the play, are you going to use that as an example? Are you going to keep that film? I mean, are we going to see Brandon Drayton's film for years to come? And Doc talked about that, not specifically that play in so many ways, but he does. But he talked about why that's proof of, of why he asks his team to do some things that they might not understand at first. Because players, if you're asking them, hey, we're going to run this drill, and you're thinking, oh, why are we running this drill? Why are we running this uh, onside kick drill? Why, why are we running this drill? Well, Doc's got some video now. He's got something that he can just point to and say, all right, this is why we do some of these things. And Doc explains a little further. You, know, you guys have been in practice, and you probably saw that defense a couple of days a week. You know, Coach Lambert and that defensive staff will will do a turnover circuit. You know, where you actually work on punching that ball out, like like Drayton punched it out. I mean, that's something that we practice in practice. And it's like I told him. I don't know how many of you guys saw the uh, saw the Cowboys and the uh, Falcons game with the onside kick. I mean, we work our tail off. That if that ball, you step across that line and you're protected and you cover that ball before it gets 10 yards, all right, because you're protected to do that. Well, those are just little things that make big time differences in games like that. You know, when you're playing a game uh, with against a team like like App State, you know, you, there's going to be one or two game plays in that game that make a difference in winning and losing that game. And that's one of them. And, you know, it's just great to see when something like that happens as a coach, I man, you can take that teaching moment and you can reinforce it with the rest of the team. And those drills and all those things you do in practice, sometimes kids say, what the hell are we doing this for? They become a little bit more important because they can see the results of that. You know, the best thing for a coach is to turn that tape on on Sundays and watch it with the players and watch it with the staff and actually see what you're coaching on that tape. You know, that means you're, you know, they're, they're getting what you're coaching and they're doing what we ask them to do. And there was no question. That was probably the biggest play in the game. Uh, 
that without doubt. And that's just effort and you just never give up. You never give up on play. I mean, how many times have you seen kids that don't even get touched that go into the end zone and drop the ball before they cross the goal line? You know, that's happened multiple times where nobody even touched them. They make a dumb, stupid mistake and just happen to be there to recover that ball or, or whatever. So they're, they're teachable moments that, that the whole team can learn from and, and we can become a better team because of it. Yeah, they're going to be showing that video a long time. Every year, every week, it's going to be shown, hey, see, this is why we have you do this. Coach, why are we doing this? Let, come here. Let me show you something. This is why you're doing that. That's going to happen a lot. Now, we haven't talked much about Grant Wells. Grant, so far, I think he's had two tremendous games. The EKU game, definitely statistically better. I think the game against Appalachian State showed why that you're putting a lot of faith into this young man to be the quarterback of your football team. He shows you everything that you're asking for in a quarterback every week. He's a great leader. And Doc Holliday, I don't know if gets enough credit for being able to develop quarterbacks. He's been developing quarterbacks for several years. He's had experience with quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks. And there was a question asked of Doc about his experience with those young quarterbacks. Has that helped in his instruction and him trying to get the very best out of Grant? Well, since he's already had experience with a freshman or a young quarterback in previous seasons. Well, there's no question. I mean, we won 10 with uh, with Cato. We had uh, him as a freshman. Of course, Chase Litton, we won 10, the, 10 games the year he was a freshman. I think we won eight the uh, first year Isaiah was a freshman. And, of course, Grant being a freshman this year. I think the biggest thing, uh, difference in, in Grant right now is who he's surrounded with. You know, I mean, we're, we've surrounded him with an offensive line that's played who knows how many starts. You know, those guys are all guys that have been three- and four-year starters. And so the comfort zone he has with that offensive line is tremendous, and he feels great. He, he knows that offensive line is going to protect him and take care of him. And then you throw a Knox in there who's the MVP of the league at running back, and you've got that part. you got Shell being the great leader he is, and you've got guys that tied in that played an awful lot of football. The receivers are young, but they're starting to grow up. You know, played a year in the system. So I think you've surrounded, you know, Grant with players that he has got confidence in. They have confidence in him. And I think it helps him, you know, if something like that, like he threw that interception, you know, early on in that game, you know, when you come to the sideline, you've got that offensive line that's going to go over and grab him and say, hey, we're fine. Don't worry about it. You know, I think that's the biggest difference in, in this year than what the freshmen have had in the past is he's surrounded by a lot of guys that play a lot of football and, and providing him with great leadership. On the flip side, those guys want to provide him with great leadership. They're out there. They want to fight for him. And I asked Doc about that. Is this, you know, what can you say about what his leadership is, what Wells' leadership has been on that football field? That these guys want to just go out there and they want to do these things for him. I mean, let's be honest. And I can't point to anything specific or a specific incident, but you look at a team and you see guys that. Maybe you're not giving it their all. Maybe they don't like the guy they're they're in front of. I'm not saying that's here at Marshall, but you see teams either gel or they don't, and you can see that these these guys on that front line are really standing up there for Grant. And part of that's experience, and part of that is they just want to go out there and they they want to play for this quarterback. And Doc talked about why he's got such a I, I don't I don't know the best way to describe it is. I mean, he's got leadership. You can see it. But 
I, I'm, I'm going to use it. You know, they, they sort of have bonded. They're sort of like a family out there. But uh, you, you got to talk about Wells' leadership and, and why these guys want to play for him. And Doc talks about that. Well, I think, number one, I think players respect players that go to work every day. You know, I mean, players, it's not, you know, it's not hard to see that Grant Wells goes to work every day and works to get better at whatever he does, whether it's a weight room, whether it's a meeting room, whether it's on the field, whatever it is. You know, he's 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 going out there every day and becoming better as a player. And they see that. They see his work ethic. They respect that. And I don't think there's any question they've got great respect for him uh, because of the way he goes about his business. So he's coming out. He's he's earning their respect. He's going about his business the right way. And, and that puts uh, that puts him in a good position because he's coming out and he's doing his work. And so that's really hitting the point home that, okay, if this guy is a freshman's coming out here and he's putting all the work in so he can be as good as he can possibly get on that football field, then we're going to put the work in. I mean, you see that. I mean, good examples create good examples, right? I think that's a fair analysis. Now, before we call it a day with Doc Holliday, we talked yesterday about how Doc was just in a good mood. He was in a really good mood. Why? You get to beat a top 25 team. You you get a good win on national TV. Your players have done everything you asked for. And, and from all indications, Doc was in a really good mood. And so you know how that locker room was after the game. If you don't, they were in a celebratory mood. They were exactly the way you think that a locker room should be after a big win. Well, at least Doc Holliday thinks that's how a locker room should be after a big win. Well, I remember that's what locker room is supposed to be like when you get a big win like that. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, just it's just it's just a great. It's probably not 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 probably. It's why why we coach. It's why they play. It's it's all the above. I mean, to have that feeling in the locker room after you've accomplished something that's really hard to accomplish. You know, you work your tail off to get that opportunity. You take advantage of it, as we said. And then when you get in there, you just have so much fun. And it's just great to see our players so happy and, and uh, coaches and everybody just so happy of the results. And they understand all that work they put into it has paid off and uh, they enjoyed themselves, which is what you're supposed to do. And speaking of enjoying yourself, Doc Holliday, he's been in a lot of games. He's got some really nice wins under his belt. And not just at Marshall, but throughout his career, he's been involved in a lot of games. And the question was asked of Doc, where does this game rank as one of your all-time favorites as far as victories are concerned? Well, anytime you beat a you know, really good football team, it's one of the all-time favorites. We've, we've had you know, we've had some really good wins, and that one ranks right up there. I don't know. I mean, I don't have – haven't looked back. I mean, right now I'm just trying to focus on getting better as a team. But you know, I think that's got. Anytime you beat a team of that caliber, that's you know, it has a number. You know, that that entire team was just about back from a year ago. You know, offensively, and a lot of players back on defense. So anytime you can play as well as we played against that caliber team, and and, and come out of there with the win. And and the great thing is just a, is a, that maybe I guess if I look at it a little bit different than maybe you're asking the question. It may be one of the best total team efforts that we've had, you know, since I've been here. Now, where it ranks, I don't know. That, that we'll, we'll worry about that down the road. But as far as a total team effort, that had to rank right up there with about any of them. In other words, Doc Holliday doesn't have time for you asking if that's my favorite game. We won. That's my favorite game right now. We won. Now, Doc Holliday is a look-forward guy. Whatever happens, happens. And he's moving forward. 
he if that game was a loss, Doc would have filed it, broke it down, compartmentalized it. Yeah, easy for me to say. Doc would have just broke that game down, filed it away. And we're moving on. He's sort of like Bill Belichick. We're moving on. Hey, as a, as a terrible loss today, uh, we're not talking about that. We're, we're moving on to Cincinnati. You remember that bit? Yeah, Doc Holliday, he's moving forward. His focus is, you know, look, I'm, it's a great win. I'm excited we got it. It's a meaningful win for my program. But now i got to look ahead. i got to deal with either three weeks of not playing or trying to find an opponent, and i got to keep this team ready. So I think that was a fair response for him. I mean, he'll maybe one day. You get the, you get the Doc Holliday book. When it's all said and done, we can pick that up, and we can read the Doc Holliday book, and maybe he'll have a chapter of his favorite games. And, Hopefully we can get him on the program and talk about that book here in, I, I don't know, whenever Doc feels like retiring. And I'm not saying he's retiring anytime soon, so don't get that rumor started. Uh, we've got big news today for Tavante Beckett. We've got the WVSSAC rankings when we continue with today's edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by Miller Lite at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Some good news today for linebacker Devontae Beckett. Of course, we've been talking about Marshall's victory over Appalachian State. A ranked opponent going down at the Jones, 17-7. Beckett with career-high 16 tackles. He had a forced fumble as well. His tackle count, Marshall's highest since 2017. Well, he's Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week. Now he earns himself another prestigious honor, the Bronco Nagurski National Defensive Player of the Week for the weekend of September 19th. This one selected by the Football Writers Association of America. He is the first Marshall player since 2011 to earn the Bronco Nagurski National Defensive Player of the Week award. Only second all-time. First one, Vinnie Curry. Eight solos, 16 total tackles. I was right on that number. Eight solos, 16 total tackles. Marshall, in that game, here's the fact I think we don't focus on enough. Appalachian State was held to its lowest rushing total in six seasons. 96 yards. And, of course, we all know the big one. Marshall defeats a ranked opponent for the first time since winning at number 6 Kansas State back in 2003 and winning the first home victory. First home victory over a ranked opponent, one, since 1976, and two, ever at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. And I'm not talking Division I-AA. I still call it I-AA. It's a football championship series still. We're not talking about ranked opponents at that division. We're talking FBS. Big boy football. Marshall, playing big boy football, got a ranked opponent. App State averaged 231 yards rushing per game last season. That was 16th best in the nation. And if you watch the Charlotte game, and 
anticipation of the matchup with Marshall, you saw we talked about their vaunted running attack. We talked about it. 308 yards in their opener against Charlotte. So that's what we focused on. Their running attack, how good it was, how that was going to be comparable to Marshall's running attack and how you, know, you better be careful. That's going to be where Marshall's going to have to, to stop. Well, okay, they got the memo. Marshall got the memo and held Appalachian State to its lowest scoring total since moving into FBS in 2014. I mean, they shut them down. This has been a program that has had a, a, song, a, a strong, solid base and they've been successful. They've won all their bowl games since joining the FBS ranks. They've been a powerhouse in the Sun Belt and Marshall. Shut that down. Now, if you look at what Beckett's been able to do over the past couple of games, his 24 tackles in two games are second nationally among all FBS players. And his 16 tackles were the most by a herd defender since Chase Hancock did it. 18 tackles against Southern Miss in 2017. So now, with this award, with this honor, you're going to see Beckett added to the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list. Wouldn't that be something if Devontae Beckett could go out there and perform week after week and, and keep his name on that list and have people look at him? No one from Marshall has ever won the Bronco Nagurski Trophy. Jonathan Goddard was a finalist in 2004. Remember that? So Beckett's got an opportunity here to to keep his name rising among the ranks. So now we wait. That's the bad thing about this. You've got someone on the watch list, but you can't watch them because you got to wait. Since the game against the Owls on October 3rd has been postponed, that's the language, and so you've got to wait till October 10th, or we're going to find out if the Hurt AD has worked some magic and I partially have to check Twitter. Doing the show here live in the 5 p.m. hour here on the East Coast. And I've got to check Twitter just to make sure every so often, okay, did Marshall tweet something out? Okay, and I'm checking that. No, we're good. So nobody has um, tweeted anything as of yet. We don't know if there's going to be a replacement game or not, if there's going to be a game scheduled next week or if it's going to be a game that's going to be scheduled in that October 3rd slot, or will the Herd have to wait for the next uh, three weeks before they can play a football game again? When we continue, we'll take a look at the WVSSC rankings. Uh, Spring Valley, not the top team in the country as far as high school football in the state of West Virginia is concerned. They're not top team in the country. Just They're not in that ranking. I'm just, I'm, let me just clarify. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brews is at it again with two new handcrafted hamburger creations. Ready to sweat? The new Bite the Pain Burger is topped with fresh jalapeno, pickles, pepper jack cheese, frizzled onions, and our new house-made death sauce. Or try Oscar's new Horse Burner Burger, featuring creamy homemade horseradish sauce, caramelized onions, sweet pickles, and Swiss cheese. Try them both today at Oscar's Breakfast Burgers and Brews in Barbersville. Order online at oscarsbbb.com. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We have got the rankings. 
WVSSIC rankings. Let me tell you, no surprise here. Martinsburg's not the number one team. Okay, we're three weeks in. Let's let's qualify this before we say anything. We're three weeks in, and the number one team in Class AAA is Spring Mills. I told you Spring Valley was not number one. Spring Mills, number one team in the rankings. They have won three games, and they have a rating of 12.67. Number two on the list, Spring Valley and Cabell Midland, both with a ranking or rating of 12.5. Then you've got Hurricane at four. They've won one. Then you have... Bridgeport at 5, Musselman at 6, Wheeling Park 7 with Ripley at 7. John Marshall and Martinsburg both tied for ninth, along with Greenbrier East. Princeton Senior, 12th, Parkersburg 13th, Jefferson 14th, Brooke and Parkersburg South 15th with Hampshire as well. Huntington 21st. We knew that. And Class AA. Bluefield on top, followed by Oakland, then Frankfurt at three, R.C. Bird at three as well. Then we go down to five with a tie between Lincoln and Clay County, Independence Senior at seven, Lewis County at eight, Liberty, Raleigh, nine, North Marion, ten, Polka's eleven, Kaiser also tied with eleven, Point Pleasant, thirteen, Fairmont Senior, fourteen, Liberty, Harrison, fifteen, and Grafton, fifteen as well. And then uh, Wayne is at 17. That's your top 16 as far as Class AA is concerned. Uh, Class Single A. Probably some more exciting football, actually, in Class Single A than than Class AA and AAA. Why? Because those kids care. They know they're small and they care. And you look at these numbers here and you see that St. Mary's is number one followed by Doddridge County at two. There's Tulsa. There you are, number three. Greenbrier West is four, tied with East Hardy. Tug Valley and Work County both six. Tigers Valley, eight. Buffalo, nine. Williamstown, ten. Summers County also in that ten spot. So we drop to 12 for Riverview. Petersburg's 13. Cameron and Moorefield, 14. And Gilmer County, Ritchie County, and Tyler Consolidated all at 16. There you have it. That's your top 16 in class, single A, double A, and triple A. And with that said, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. Don't forget, if you miss any part of today's show or you just want to go catch it again, you want to relive it for a second time, all you have to do is find our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget... If you do subscribe to the podcast, hit that like button, hit that five star, let people know that you're a big fan of the show. I appreciate it. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.